0: Hello Masterplan World. Welcome to the first podcast in our 2018 e-commerce growth series. It's a pleasure to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the E-commerce Masterplan, author, speaker, and advisor. I focus on e-commerce marketing. This episode and the next 8 form our 2018 e-commerce growth series, a set of hand-picked interviews to give you ideas and inspiration on how to grow your e-commerce business in 2018. We'll be covering several of the key topics I believe you should be considering and getting into some fascinating e-commerce businesses too. Do let me know how you find it. If this e-commerce growth series whets your appetite for really going for growth in 2018, then make sure you're also signed up to our e-commerce master plan virtual summit. It's free and packed with videos from experts covering lots of different ways to improve your business. Get immediate access at e forward slash summit. Oh, and the existing attendees have rated it a massive 4.8 out of 5. So it's well worth signing up for. Okay, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Tom broder Kazangian is the CEO of Yandy, a leading US online apparel and lingerie retailer, and he's going to be telling us all about how he and his team have accelerated their growth by aggressively grabbing an opportunity. Hello, Tom. Good morning. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How about you?
0: Yeah, not not too bad. Um Although, obviously, as you're in the States, I should point out to everyone it's not morning for me. I've oh, had that's my. That's right. I've- that's
1: right. So it's good morning for me, it's good evening for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had my day. I'm quite close <laughs> to finishing off and going, you're having some pizza. Um- <laughs> I wish I was meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but that's so far off topic. Um, yeah. Okay. so I've just given our listeners a very quick and somewhat teasing intro to you. Um, so, do you before we get into to the that that great opportunity that you grabbed? Should we just discuss how you first got involved in e-commerce?
1: Uh, sure. So, you know, e-commerce isn't um, wasn't the origination point for me in my career. Um, I started in mass media, and then moved into sort of more uh, sort of digital marketing, advertising, and then SaaS software technology companies. And so, one of the companies that I was heavily involved in in the early early days uh, was a domain registrar you'd be familiar with named GoDaddy, and wow the way um, as the head of marketing there the way that I used to describe GoDaddy wasn't as a domain registrar and web hosting company instead I described us uh, as an e-commerce company that sold internet real estate and utilities to small business owners mm-hmm. and so um, that began to shape the way I thought about e-commerce and and sort of how to even think about b2b technology companies in that category but over the last number of years, um, I had been involved prior to joining Yandy earlier this year um, in a number of venture development funds, uh, where I was either a managing director or a portfolio manager of a you know sort of a swath of of e-commerce and SaaS software companies, and then immediately before uh, joining Yandy, I. Uh, the company I was recruited from, I was a small um, accessories uh, e-commerce business based in San Diego, California called Maria Shireen. So I've spent about a half a dozen years of my career in e-commerce um, and then in other companies that I've described as e-commerce. And fundamentally, what I've learned, Chloe, about this whole this whole segment in the apparel space is that at the end of the day, if if you understand how to create... Good, uh, highly curated experiences for online shoppers, regardless of what they're shopping for, you can probably do a reasonably decent job in ecom.
0: So for you it's all about that experience.
1: It really is. It's about experience, but it's also about you know being thoughtful about innovation, uh, merchandising, curation, and assortment. But you know, at the end of the day, you have to make it easy. Seventy four percent of our customer traffic comes from mobile devices, and sixty two percent of our sales are transacted off of mobile devices. So you have to, the the way I describe it to my team, we have to be quick, be good, be gone uh, relative to our customer's experience because she's busy. She's on the go. She has a lot uh, happening at once. She's multitasking 75% of the time. She's, you know, selfie selfieing on Instagram and doing three other things at the same time on her mobile phone. (laughs) We want to make sure that, that the one thing that she doesn't abandon is a shopping experience with Yandy because we haven't delighted her.
0: Cool. So let's just quickly tick off a few boxes about Yandy and where it is at the moment. So you're what's the what's the platform that you're enabling all this all this mobile and the rest of the website on? I assume you're on something bespoke or are you on a Magento or a Shopify or something?
1: Yeah. So we, we've actually built our own platform. So Yandy is 12 years old and and you might, you know, sort of think back to Late 2004, early 2005, when the company was, was launching, there weren't um, that many uh, marketplace platforms like a Shopify, a Magento, a Woo, or a e-commerce or a Volusion even, um, that you could sort of glom onto to launch an e-commerce company like this. So these were back in the, you know, the, the Halcyon days of build it yourself and do it the best you can. Until market, you know, market commercially available platforms are available. So, our full system front end, um, mobile app, uh, as well as ERP uh, and all BI analytics and, and and you know, sort of business intelligence are all uh, home built, homegrown. So it's been, um, it's been also uh, an eye opener, right? When you think about <laughs> a dozen year old platform that, you know, we've mm-hmm. continued to innovate on over the years. Um, so over time uh, and moving into the future, into 2018, we will begin uh, to sort of separate out the platform components of the business that, That must remain independent of a third party platform uh, and then replace those sort of what I would describe to you as table stakes front and back end uh, systems that we've built with commercially available so that it's easier and faster for us to scale, maintain, and drive forward.
0: That's the thing, isn't it? If you start, when you've been building it yourself, it's both a point of difference and something that only you can do that enables you to be ahead of the competition and, and offer better customer service, but it can also be. Like trudging through mud to try and get some things done, which someone with, you know, who's paying eighty dollars a month for Shopify can do with the flick of a of a switch.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. So again, going back to customer experience, while we have been able to customize um, an extraordinary um, amount of of experiential tools and resources to help our customers find their way faster and better, we did all of that years before commercially available platforms were able to innovate at that same pace and sometimes in, in many cases even ahead of so my view is as we look to continue to you know enhance the Andy customers experience we're going to be doing that uh using more tools that are are easier for us to implement and to move forward more quickly
0: cool and then so um you're obviously you're in the usa but do you only sell to the us or are you selling overseas as well
1: you know, we sell overseas, about 90% uh, of all of our sales are domestic, and the other 10% are everywhere else around the world. And as you would naturally uh, suspect uh, or expect, uh, Canada and the UK are number two, number three in that order. Uh, and then there's just, you know, sort of a smattering of of customer penetration across the rest of the world. Latin America, Southeast Asia sort of fall you know into, into the queue right after that. So there's a considerable amount of strategic planning being done in the business now to help us be very thoughtful about our marketplace approach into those other markets around the world so that we can concentrate uh, some of our growth effort and activity in those markets going forward.
0: Okay, cool. Well, that's one topic we could probably talk about for the whole of this episode, and another one, which I am going to ask you the question. Um, is, I usually ask people at this point, you know, what does your team look like? How many are in house? How many are outsourced? Obviously, you've got a larger team than most of my guests. So, could you tell us a little bit about how that that team is structured in the business, and what's what's done in house, and if there's anything in particular that's outsourced?
1: Uh, absolutely. So. You know, we're, we're both a, a static and seasonal business, and I'll explain that in a moment. But when you think about it, um, roughly full-time for our static business that operates consistently, there's about 100 employees in the company, and we're headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona, and all of them are at headquarters. Seasonally, uh, specifically, uh, the months of October and November, uh, where we see significant uh, spikes in our mm-hmm. annual growth and performance, because we are one of the largest e-tailers of adult Halloween costumes for women. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is legitimately, from a revenue perspective, it is our second largest revenue buck. Wow. Um, starting uh, the last week of September, first week of October, we will double in size, Uh, to up to 200 employees with seasonal or temporary interim workers who uh, predominantly are warehouse logistics, fulfillment, and customer service. And then we scale that back uh, after the Halloween and then sort of Black Friday holiday season is over in November. So the team structure as it stands today it's pretty lean uh, on the gna and and sort of sales and marketing and sort of corporate side of things the the vast majority about 65% of the employees are warehouse logistics and customer service reps because we do you know we do plug in considerably to our value proposition to the customer, a high level of service with same day shipping uh, on all orders that come in before you know a certain period of time, um, less than 30 minute customer service issue resolution and so forth. So those parts of the company are, are the larger parts of the company with more concentration.
0: Got you. And uh, just to, to go back there a bit, you said G&A, people working in g and A. I I have no idea what that means.
1: Uh, just general and administrative, right? So that's ah. your marketing folks, your merchandising folks, uh, finance and accounting, HR, anybody that sort of supports what we describe as our core team, uh, which are the, where, the warehouse logistics, fulfillment and customer service teams.
0: Got you. That makes perfect sense, but I know there's people out there shouting at their phones, going, "What's GNA?" Thinking they've missed some amazing, you know, is it guidance and acquisition or something? Is this something I've never heard of?
1: Apologies, Apologies no, no, slang. That's
0: absolutely fine. It's it's a, it's a nice to learn a new one that makes so much sense. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about what I what I flagged up at the beginning, which is you have recently been massively accelerating the growth of Yandy by aggressively grabbing an opportunity. So do you want to, let's do the big reveal. Would you like to let everyone know what the, what the opportunity was you spotted and I guess how you spotted it too?
1: Well, there are a couple of them. So I'm going to, I'm going to start uh, with one and end with the other, right? both of which would cool. be interesting um, potentially to the audience. The first is, you know, in, in September of 2016, Um, lingerie uh, and bra and panty maker big brand victoria's secret had decided that they were going to exit the swimwear category and for victoria's secret at the time it was about a half a billion dollar business so not a small bit of business at all and and immediately this ballsy move to decide to exit as uh, well a really big move and I suppose, you know, when you're in the multi, multi, multi billions of dollars in your company that size, a half a billion dollars is, you know, the difference between uh, doubling down on a business that you need to continue to grow, which is core to you, or, you know, sort of departing or exiting that business because it's not core. But what that does and what that did in our case uh, was it opened up what I would describe to you as a vacuum in the market. Um, mm-hmm. A customer base that would be naturally disenfranchised and, and dislocated, uh, and be looking uh, for someone to fill the gap. So we we doubled down on our uh, design, production, and marketing investment in the swim category. And then in February of this year on Valentine's Day, we launched the 2017 Yandy Swim Collection at New York Fashion Week.
0: Oh wow, you went big!
1: We we did we figured uh, we figured there w- there wouldn't be many moments uh, like this uh, where and so we wanted to do the best we could um, and then immediately following uh, that launch uh, we became the official swim partner of the Miss Universe organization's Miss USA competition which is televised. Three to four million people uh, around the world, not just domestically. Uh, and that happened in May. And then in the same month, uh, we entered into a licensing agreement with Paramount Licensing, a division of Paramount Studios, to launch a Baywatch swim capsule. So, all wow. that to say this we recognized that a an industry leader was exiting a category where we had a point of view, uh, but we hadn't ever significantly invested uh, in our point of view. And then we decided in a very strategic fashion to look at sort of tentpole event and spectacle marketing moments uh, that would give us an opportunity to establish ourselves in that lane. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first half of this year, swim sales at e are up almost 127% from the previous year. Wow. And even as we start to see the season decline, uh, where you move out of summer and you go into the sort of fall doldrums before resort swim starts to pick back up later this year, uh, we're continuing to see um, steady double-digit growth in the category, even through times of year where we wouldn't expect it.
0: Oh, wow. Just, just so everyone knows, we're recording this in uh, kind of mid-September. So we're just coming out of, in the Northern Hemisphere. We're just coming out of summer. Um, so that, that's amazing that it's still growing at that rate.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're excited about it. And then, you know, we look at, you know, Yandy's core customer, Chloe, right, is the millennial. So our customer is, is unapologetically dialed into social media, pop culture. She consumes content and processes that content, whether it's digital content or it's still broadcast content or other types of content at a rapid pace. She makes decisions based on her favorite influencers and social media relative to beauty fashion and all the rest. And so one of the things that we've tried to also be very thoughtful about, hence the Baywatch connection and, and certainly the New York fashion week connection for swim um, is anything that's sort of pop culture oriented that our, our customer or our Yandy girl pays attention to. And so the second opportunity that we seized uh, was this notion that um, there was a March, I want to say late March release here domestically of Beauty and the Beast, right? A remake of Mm -hmm. a very popular Disney film. Uh, And we decided to sort of cross the lines into our other sort of key category of business, our largest category of business, which is lingerie and create a princess lingerie line that, Featured uh, adult lingerie uh, inspired by characters and popular movies uh, that our customers grew up watching as young girls. So wow. we had a remarkable success from March through May. Uh, one basically one media piece was done by Cosmo and it went viral. Vogue picked it up, Redbook picked it up, E uh, News picked it up broadcast picked it up all over the world and the Kardashians started posting about you know how how excited they were about this particular lingerie line and we didn't pay for that uh, it was earned uh, earned social <laughs> case and it and it blew up and it created a significant opportunity that then allowed us to actually carve out of our core lingerie business what we now describe as a sort of fantasy pop culture lingerie subset of the category, uh, which we will continue to make investments in.
0: And which I suppose fits rather nicely with your fancy dress uh, Halloween customer base.
1: It does. So it's I, I love it when we talk with media who get it. And uh, so thank you for that and who understand <laughs> how to build bridges, right? So our Halloween strategy this year now has the opportunity to do what I would describe to you as a day and night pairing, mm-hmm. right? the idea of, you know, get your Cinderella inspired costume for the office Halloween party or to take your kids trick or treating or whatever. And then there is a corollary lingerie look that goes with that for after hours for you and your partner, you and your spouse, you and your, you know, you and your significant other. And so we're actually doing uh, that sort of joint uh, delivery and, and we want to see whether or not we can truly bridge the gap between traditional sexy lingerie for women a moment in time seasonally um, around Halloween from a costume perspective and mm-hmm. connect the two together.
0: See I, I love that because there's a lot of people would go well everything's been done in lingerie what else could you possibly do in lingerie what else could you possibly do in fancy dress it's like oh no there's a massive a massive overlapping product category. There, it just took someone to see it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. So,
0: given you have to see these opportunities, and there may be people listening. Okay, great. Yeah, I'd love to find some opportunities, but you know, Tom was just really lucky that those happened to happen this year. But it, it's not, it's not a case of you were lucky that they happened. I th- it was a case that you're lucky that you saw them. So, have you got any advice to somebody who's trying to find an opportunity?
1: You know, it's a very good point, Chloe. And I would say, I know this sounds awfully cliche and this, I hope this doesn't frustrate the audience, but you can be lucky once is my belief. And then you have to plan your luck after you've had that experience. And so to give you an example, you know, we didn't want to make a double down decision on the fantasy lingerie side of our business until we saw whether or not there were, there were more legs to it. So I treated what happened with our Princess Lingerie um, science experiment as exactly that, an experiment that happened to do well, one that we were successful with. Uh, But then we began to be very thoughtful about, well, what else in pop culture is coming into the market through the balance of the year? What movies are planned? What TV series remakes are happening? What digital content on the web is really driving millennial... Uh, millennial consumers or, or orienting them in some meaningful way. And so then we launched uh, just a month ago our second round of, of fantasy lingerie where we featured and inspired by looks from the Harry Potter uh, 20th uh, anniversary of the movie uh, and so forth. And so for us now, what we did is we took what we thought was a reasonably decent experiment and then we, we began to put a system around it uh, to identify luck again as you would have it <laughs> next time around. Uh, and then the third thing we did is is the corollary to our Halloween Um costume business is we were very, very thoughtful about Game of Thrones and how engaged our customer set and consumer is with that content. Now there's an 18-month window before the next season or final season of that show will be on. So how do you bridge the gap? So we launched an inspired by Queen of the North uh, look for a Halloween costume that is almost entirely... Uh, structured after the inspiration we get from Jon Snow, a character in the show. And so wow,
0: I I didn't think you'd have gone the Jon Snow route. I was I had I had been wondering when we were going to get to Game of Thrones. So I'm yeah. glad you did that. But uh, <laughs> but I was also I was assuming you would you go down the Khaleesi route.
1: Well we already had a Khaleesi oh. uh, costume for last year uh, that again an inspired look that we had built last year and it did reasonably well by you know sort of looking at the broad spectrum of costume sales. But when we launched this sort of sexy John Snow inspired costume, but for women, uh, it was, even I was surprised. The earned media over a course of about two weeks was nearly 750 million media impressions mm-hmm. at a of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we, and we, we outsold the product. We sold the product out in two rounds and had to put it into pre-sales for Halloween because we just ran out of inventory.
0: Gosh, so so with, was that last Halloween you did the Jon Snow? No, that was, that's that
1: was this year. We just literally wow. launched that uh, three weeks ago to begin the pre-sales sort of drumbeat uh, to pull Halloween forward a little bit. And we used it as one of the centerpieces of the strategy.
0: It looks like a pretty good way to pull Halloween forward a bit. I think <laughs> it it sounds, actually, sounds like it's, it's working.
1: It's worked, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So, um, so there's there's some really good advice for everybody out there on looking for those opportunities. Like you've got to keep your eyes peeled, but you've also got to got to find those nuggets which have worked and find ways to replicate.
1: Well, I think I think you do have to keep your eyes peeled. I think be thoughtful. Um, let your first run. At an opportunity, be one where you don't, you don't overset your expectations, be thoughtful about the fact that you're experimenting, Mm -hmm. but, but build around that experiment, the necessary system strategy rollout plan that if you land it successfully, you can then easily drop the next thing into that system and start to produce your second opportunity, your third and your fourth.
0: So I guess if, if we're t- treating it as an experiment, we also need to be aware that experiments don't work sometimes. So this yep. is about putting some budget aside that you can afford to lose.
1: Correct. Correct. And that's okay. how we thought about it.
0: Excellent. Any other, before we go into, into the normal top tips around any other top tips for anyone who's looking to to pounce on some opportunities?
1: I would just say uh, the other thing to do, and I think we do a f- fairly decent job. I think we can always improve. Um, and I, I think I'd be remiss if I said otherwise, but it's really important also to put your, your sort of test ideas in front of, um, either an existing customer base you already have or a prospective group of folks. And I don't like to call them focus groups because I mean, I think you can just much more efficiently deliver, um, value to a prospective customer group and and then glean back what you need from that experiment um, and communication if you do it digitally. Uh, but we uh, pre-announced to a small subset of our customers, we're, we're looking at launching this what do you think? And we introduced to them sketches. Uh, we didn't even have full photography. So it's
0: really art. early in the process then. Yeah.
1: It was very early and we wanted to collect as much information as we could. And that's frankly how we actually do our Halloween business every year as well. We put together what we think are going to be the top 20 to 25 looks based on things that have happened over the previous 12 months and moments we think could show up during Halloween season, just based on what we know uh, around how pop culture activates around that time of year here in the United States. And we'll put it in front of our customers in early summer and have them react so we can start into production if the reaction is favorable.
0: Now, you said you're not doing focus groups as such. Are you literally emailing a group of customers this and asking them to fill in a survey? Are you asking them in a Facebook group? Are you phoning them? How, what's the actual medium by which you're, you're typically you're Typically,
1: questions? it's email and it's social media. We'll put you know some sort of test views up in Instagram, Facebook, uh, and certainly email. And then we'll collect The data back and overlay the data to help us understand if on social certain customers are responding away versus via email they're responding a different way and it helps us sort of create the right cross-section or right matrix to understand how to proceed.
0: So you're happy to do that publicly as such if you're putting out on Instagram etc? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Excellent. I, I could see people going, "What? How do these, how's he doing it secretly on Instagram? He's not doing it secretly on Instagram. He's not it on Instagram." But
1: The good news about Instagram is anything that you put up, you can take down.
0: <laughs> of course, yes. You can put it up, get hmm. the feedback and turn it off after 24 hours and no one's any the wiser.
1: Exactly right.
0: Very cunning of you, Tom. Very cunning.
1: So I think in general terms, um, look, depending upon what you want to do, you, uh, you have to have a conviction uh, about your plan. You have to have a belief that either a customer base is going to respond a certain way or that you as a company, you as an individual, you as an entity, whatever shape or size, has a point of view uh, that a market will respond to. So you, you have to be convicted about it. You have to be committed to it. Tip number one, tip number two, in my mind is, and then you have to, you have to be willing to hear criticism and allow that criticism to land on you constructively and never take it personally. Um, For every great idea we come up with here, Chloe, there are 10 that get tossed in the garbage can and they're all that that many, right? They're, they're great ideas, but Mm. It's just like in a, you know, it's just like in film editing. It's a certain amount of content (laughs) that makes it to the screen and there's a certain amount that never sees the light of day. And, um, and so you can't, you can't take personally uh, your invention. Uh, You have to be willing to hear feedback that helps you refine it. And then the third thing is, is I, and you draw, you drew this out earlier. You have to, you have to be willing to fail and learn uh, as opposed to assuming it has to be a success in order for you to have been successful. I, have, I can say in my 25-year career, I've learned more from my failures 100% of the time than anything I've ever been good at or has been deemed successful by other people.
0: There you go, guys. Some more excellent advice from Tom. And uh, we're now going to go into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Tom, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: I would recommend that they read Radical Candor by Kim Scott.
0: Oh, what's that about?
1: So Radical Candor, so Kim was an executive at Google uh, for many, many years. And um, what it is, it's basically a a management development book that helps you learn how to be absolutely, bluntly, critically honest with yourself and with others uh, so that you don't allow politeness Mm -hmm. uh, or or any sort of internal politics to drive you away from making the best decisions. Um, What I find oftentimes, uh, even sometimes still though it's, it's much, much less uh, in our company now that our leadership team has read the book, but folks want to be polite to one another in, in the room when they're there and they want to disagree privately. And, um, and I encourage the disagreement publicly because that radical candor gets us to the end point faster.
0: Oh, what a good idea. Um, a book that kind of makes you realize it's not about you. It's about business, I suppose. Right.
1: It's about the outcome, right? Again, another another lesson and don't take it personal because it doesn't have to be.
0: Excellent. Okay, the traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: Mm. Oh, wow. This is so hard. Um,
0: <laughs> Whittle it down to one. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll try. I actually think that uh, – I think that, that – paid social media advertising is sort of still coming into its own and certainly there are platforms that are still evolving their solutions instagram is obviously a very popular platform for us um and it it hasn't done as good a job yet uh like facebook uh or even twitter to a lesser degree and others have in terms of of creating real marketing uh, opportunity, but I think it's I think it's still underrated because there's there's still development to be done uh, in social media advertising, but it's one that performs for us very very well um, because you're able to take really highly curated content without being overly salesy uh, and present yourself in a way that that feels more credible.
0: Yeah, I I still find it amazing all the things that still continue to come out of social media advertising as opportunities and tactics. And the number of businesses I speak to who haven't even started testing it, even some big businesses, it's just like, really?
1: (laughs) It's it's so much more cost effective uh, functionally than than most other options are.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, completely. Especially when it's businesses where there's that element you can't get across in a keyword you know, right. like the style of jewelry or the aesthetic of a of a interior design you know and uh, and people are just committed to those keyword ads and you're like absolutely
1: you-? agree well and if oh. you think about it there you know this is sort of a corollary from a marketing perspective if you have a a consumer packaged good or a unique product, don't underestimate the power of of presenting and marketing that product in marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Alibaba, JD, Lazada, whatever. Why? Well, today, 60% of all customers do product searches. They conduct product searches on Amazon before they go to Google. So if you think about it, Amazon's not only one of the largest marketplaces or the largest marketplace online, but it is also now a product discovery and search engine. And so if you think about it in that regard, you'll also be a lot more thoughtful about how you sort of divide and conquer on your digital marketing spend.
0: I find I, I'm going totally off track on the top tips, but I have to have to say I find it really interesting that this year, year seems to be the year, certainly in the UK, that people have stopped being I can't possibly use Amazon, I can't possibly use eBay, and they're just like, it's just another part of the mix.
1: Exactly.
0: It's, a, it's been a really interesting tipping point to watch occur. Um, enlightenment, I think, maybe is the word to sum it up. Maybe. I, think,
1: I think that's a good summary.
0: <laughs> okay, the tool top tip there. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug-in, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? <sighs>
1: You know, we do a lot of stand-ups. I call them drive-bys. I find email is a completely inefficient communication platform. The vast majority of people who work have very little time to get through um, most of their inbox. And so a lot of of things get lost. So what I encourage my team to do is five-minute drop-bys where they'll go in and they'll talk to a peer about something that needs to be done, um, something that... Uh, has been put in a project plan, but hasn't been reviewed for some time or whatever, and then they'll recap it uh, via email as opposed to dispatching via email. So I think one of the things that's super super important in, the, in this age of efficient communication, we all we all sit behind a device, whether a big one, one held in our hand, or some combination thereof, and we lose touch with what personal means. And so, and the number one thing I say to my people all the time is walk away from your desk, put your phone down and go see somebody.
0: Such good advice. So it's such a quicker way of solving problems than firing off emails, angry emails and et cetera, et cetera. But we could talk about that all day. So let's do the last of the top tips, the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them?
1: First thing I would say is do your homework on the platforms that are available to you. Be thoughtful about the customer experience that you want, whatever your store.com is going to deliver to consumers. Be thoughtful about what you want that experience to be. And then go do your research and make sure that you're able to find the platform that gets you there fastest uh, with the least amount of customization required so that you can hit the ground running quickly, delivering the experience your customer is going to expect from you and that you want to delight them with.
0: Oh, an excellent tip. Uh, okay, Masterplan World. You can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Tom, before, you say, before we say goodbye even, um, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and Yandy on the web and social media, please?
1: Sure. Uh, we'd love it for you to take a visit to www.yandy.com, Y-A-N-D-Y.com, especially... Uh, If you're thinking about anything for the new year uh, relative to getting yourself fit, our active wear line is amazing. Uh, Obviously, Valentine's Day will be coming up shortly after that. So you might want to have something special for, for whatever that special occasion or moment is for you. And obviously, hashtag Yandy or at Yandy on Facebook or Instagram will be the best places to find us on social.
0: Marvelous. Well, guys, you can find the links to those in the show notes, which is at ecommercemarkplan dot com forward slash podcast, or go to the website, click on the podcast app or use the search box. Tom, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You've shared such great ideas, which I think, you know, you You run one of the large retailers and a lot of our listeners are at the smaller end, but I think everyone should be able to take a lot from what you've told us today. So thank you for being so generous, sharing that experience. I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Fascinating insight there from Tom on how to identify those opportunities in your business. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is, the opportunities are out there. And if you see them, then you can really can capitalize on that. And essentially, you know, what he was talking about was noticing when someone stops selling something and taking advantage of that when you know you can do a great job and there's going to be customers who are disappointed. And most of the rest of it was about range extension. So if you see something that your customers are loving, which you can replicate in your product range, why not do it? And if you're seeing those similar things take off, then find another way. You know, if you've got that best-selling product, how can you create a second one of it? If you've got a category that works really well, how can you create another? Just some great advice. I will be listening to that one a couple of times again myself. The next episode in the 2018 Growth Series will be out on Thursday. And it's our second expert show. This time, our experts will be looking forward to 2018. If you missed our last expert show, you can get that right now in episode 134, 134. Now, whilst you're waiting for the next podcast, why not watch some of the great videos in the eCommerce Masterplan Virtual Summit? It's completely free and we've added another four sessions a couple of weeks ago. So go on, have a watch. eCommerceMasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, everyone, and keep optimising.